Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to say good morning, I guess. I want to start out by saying good morning, but it has not been a good morning. The U.S. goes down two to nothing to Japan in this September friendly, this uh, this this tune up friendly setup before the World Cup and September. My goodness, that that was disappointing. A lot to be disappointed about, I, I think. Um, and we'll kind of go through it. We, we've got a lot of things on the list. Um, a lot of things that I was looking for in this game um, that I, I think we were disappointed in just about all of them. Uh, I, boy, that first half was some of the worst ho- soccer we've seen the U.S. play in, in quite some time. Uh, so I want to welcome everybody into the post-game stream. This is kind of a special stream for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, it is the first stream in, in my house. I've been working on a, a home studio to kind of increase the coverage during the World Cup. Uh, starting out kind of small, but we're going to be getting it better and better. Um, and second, it's the first stream with uh, the new producer of the, the live streams, and we're going to bring him on in a second and introduce him. Before we really get going, I want to uh, I want to just play an ad so we can really get into this. So we'll be right back on the other side of this break. And now a word from today's sponsor, Bet Online. would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all betting action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and of course, soccer, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, so the U.S. go down two to nothing. I think there's a, there's a couple of things I really wanted to see in this game, uh, and, and I'm excited to get all your comments on it uh, after this game. I think the first one was no Yunus Musa. I, I think um, in the summer, we saw a lot of good things from the U.S. Uh, through the build-out of Yunus Musa. Uh, and I was curious how we were going to respond in this game without Yunus Musa. That's, that's one thing we're going to discuss. I think uh, also kind of in the same vein, I think Christian Pulisic, w- without Christian Pulisic, how are we going to look? How is this a team going to attack without Christian Pulisic? I think a lot of the build-out that we saw in the summer was – through Yunus Musa and Christian Pulisic in tandem, Christian Pulisic dropping back, Yunus Musa playing up to, to Pulisic, Pulisic laying off to Musa, Musa getting forward. So without that whole thing, how are we going to move the ball forward? Uh, how are we going to incorporate Gio Reyna? How is he going to look with this team? Uh, how is Jesus Ferreira going to look? You know, we're always looking for him to score goals. Is he the guy that's, that's going to lead us into Qatar? That was another question. Sam Vines at left back. We're going to get the opportunity to evaluate him. How did he do? Um, I, I think same thing, Aaron Long at, at center back. How did Aaron Long do in this game? Was he able to uh, kind of silence any doubters? Uh, and then the, the, the looming question of Jordan Pifa, um and, and his absence from the team. Uh, th- these were kind of the questions that I had going in, and, and we're going to kind of go through that. Before we do that, I want to introduce, uh, introduce producer Brad. Uh, Brad, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Brad is going to be helping out behind the scenes and producing for uh, the Yank Report in the future. Uh, this is the first stream with him. Uh, Brad, thank you for coming on. What did you think about uh, that performance? Uh, I, I'm a little disappointed that I woke up early for that. That was underwhelming. And I think there was a large Eunice Musa-sized hole 
in the midfield because there really was no connection. If you're trying to play out of the back, there's no connection between the defense going into the attack. And that was very, very glaring today and very, very disappointing. Yeah, and that was sort of the first point, the first thing that I wanted to look for in this game. Uh, how is the U.S. going to get the ball from defense to attack without Yunus Musa? Because in the summer and throughout World Cup qualifying, the main route for the U.S. to break out, the most effective thing that we had going uh, was Yunus Musa with those penetrating runs out of the back. Uh, so how are we going to do that? Uh, we had Luca Della Torre come in for Yunus Musa. Uh, Luca Della Torre has a lot of similarities to Yunus Musa in his game. Uh, so, you know, the optimistic side of me was hoping that we wouldn't see too much of a drop off, that Luca Della Torre was going to be able to come in and do that job. Uh, but I don't think that we saw that. And, and you know, I don't want to bury uh, Luca Della Torre too much because he hasn't been playing much for his squad at all. He hasn't been getting a lot of minutes for Celta Vigo. I think that showed, uh, but it, of course, I'm not going to say that uh, Luca De La Torre was the reason why the U.S. looked like it did in the first mm -hmm. in the first um, in the first half of the game. Uh, but I think the inability of the of the midfield to get the ball from defense to attack just put a ton of pressure on the back line, uh, and we saw that break over and over again. Um, and, and just the the lack of Yunus Musa in this squad was just just a terrible just. It was just awful in the first half. Well, it was it was it was hard to see because as well it affected the rest of the midfield. But the midfield did not cover themselves in glory at all. And you see what kind of happened with Weston McKenney. He gave gave it away that led to the goal. And I don't know if he's still working himself back to full fitness. That might be it. But this is something we've seen a couple times within his performances for Juventus recently. Even though Allegri continues to keep him in the squad, this is something that is a bit concerning for me, especially when you're trying to play out of the back like they are with that uh, with the formation we're playing in. And that's concerning. And, and the amount of times that the midfield and the defense gave away the ball, especially in our own end, was unacceptable. Yeah, and you knew that a, a Japanese goal was coming with the amount of turnovers which we had. I mean, I everybody turned the ball over uh long had a bad one uh zimmerman had a bad one uh mckinney had a few of them uh luca de la torre got got dispossessed a few times adams had some bad ones i mean it was just a suck fest all around for for the back half of this team uh keith h has a five dollar donation he says uh thoroughly and completely outplayed only positive thing i can say is that we feel good about matt turner being our number one uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with Keith. Uh, the team was thoroughly and completely outplayed. Um, and Matt Turner was the lone bright spot. Now, I will say this. I will say this, man. Uh, I was really impressed by this Japanese side. I didn't Absolutely. know a lot about the team coming in. I've watched a few highlights of them. I was always impressed by um, their movement off the ball, their ability to find the next player. Just a very unselfish team uh, in possession. And then in defense, just very disciplined. Very hardworking, uh, a really fun team to watch. So a lot of credit to Japan. Uh, I will say that. What did you think about uh, the Japanese and, and about Matt Turner? Incredibly well organized. Um, and that is a team that is on the same page. They have the exact, they know what they came in wanting to do. And that was press the U.S. and get them to make mistakes, which they did. I have a stat here. U.S. lost possession 54 times in yep. their defensive end in the first half. 
54 times. That's absolutely unacceptable. I mean, and going back to Matt Turner, the fact that he only gave up two goals is is good. And one of the things that I was really happy about coming out of uh, this was what something they said on the broadcast, which was he's going to be starting every Europa League game and every Cup game. So he's going to be playing pretty much every week leading up to the World Cup. And he's going to be in good form should he stay healthy. I mean, please, for the love of God, stay healthy, because with that performance of the back line, that's um, we're going to need we're really going to need a top goal, goalkeeper in there. Yeah, so, one of the big fears has been no keeper with a lot of minutes, no informed keeper for the U.S. And and seeing Matt Turner put that display, I mean, just he looked like vintage Matt Turner from the Gold Cup, uh, just kind of saving the U.S.'s butts over and over again. Uh, I, I want to move forward with some more of these topics. So we kind of covered uh, just the lack of Eunice Musa and how how important he is to this team and how just absolutely lost the team looked without him. Uh, I want to move on to another guy who we didn't have on the, in this squad who is going to be an important part, and that's Christian Pulisic. Um, I, I think Christian Pulisic, although we've he, he's gotten a lot of criticism for not being Superman for this for this national team over the last few months, I think he did function, especially with um, with uh, Eunice Musa as a, a player that would drop into the midfield and help the team break out, which we saw today. Just nobody was doing. Uh, his, his ability to make runs in behind and his ability to uh, just because of his presence and because of his danger uh, to be someone that the, the, the opposition really feared. Um, and, and I do think that we miss all of that today. Um, and, and to kind of further expand on that, uh, the front three that we saw, especially in the first half uh, with Gio, Aronson and Ferreira, they just they had no ability to uh, hold on to the ball. They didn't get behind in behind at all. There was not a lot of dynamism there. Uh, disappointing, considering we were so excited for the return of Gio Reyna. Now, of course, Gio Reyna is is still coming back from injury. Doesn't have a lot of minutes, but uh, I, I think no Christian Pulisic was was absolute problem for the U.S. in this game. It, it it was it was a glaring hole. Gio had one nice run where he, but he held on to the ball a little too long. And that's uh, something that we've seen a few times uh, from him and from this U.S. attack in general is not knowing when to make that next move to keep moving the attack forward. I mean, we have guys like Gio, like Christian, who are incredibly skilled on the ball, um, but it's missing that final product. And the one, the few chances that we had were coming in transition. And you saw Sergio Des go down Mm-hmm. the wing and get that one chance in and boy is that going to raise some questions about the number nine position because yeah. it was a mistimed header mistimed jump on a free header that would have definitely changed a lot of things in this game and we're um, going to get into jesus ferreira in a second he's one of the topics but yeah I, I think in the first half we saw a lot of uh back passing the ball when the ball would inevitably be, inevitably get up to the front three. I mean, there was not a lot of uh, bravery going forward. A lot of back passing, a lot of circulating back to the center backs, uh, which would inevitably lead to the Japanese press and and another bad pass and a turnover. Um, and and I, I do think that uh, Christian Pulisic's bravery and being able to get the ball in the midfield and turn and move forward, which is, I think is something that he is kind of underrated from him because it's, it's a thing that he does so far away from goal. But I do think that we miss that. And it's something that we didn't get replicated in Gio Reyna. Um, and with Gio on the field, it was kind of that fear where you have Gio and Ferreira and Brendan Aronson 
three players that like to drop in and, and like to come and receive the ball. So we didn't have a lot of width at all in the attack. And I think Twelman pointed out a lot early in the uh, first half that uh, Sam Vines was not providing much width at all on, on the left flank, uh, which was really disappointing. And I think a lot of that comes from just having uh, Pulisic not on the field, not having Pulisic and Musa, two guys who were uh, very instrumental in, in some of the good soccer that we saw over the summer. Um, some of the good movements that we saw over the summer just led to a lot of players kind of looking lost, uh, kind of looking emotionally depleted on the field. And then whenever things went bad, they just started to get worse and worse and worse. And there was that stretch between like the 15th minute and the half hour mark where we just mm. looked absolutely awful. Well, and, and with a game like this, uh, they were mentioning on the broadcast that there were only around 5,000 people there. Yeah. It, it's one of those, you got to bring your own juice. You mm -hmm. got to be your own motivator. And it, it really didn't look like anybody had any gumption any any willingness to i mean we we see it week in and week out from brendan aronson and tyler adams uh at leeds when they're playing at ellen road in front of a packed house with jesse marsh pelvic thrusting from the sidelines there wasn't any of that i don't know hunger yeah uh, that desire to move forward that bravery i think dakota young makes a great point this game showed why way is so important his yeah. relationship with Des too. Um, I think what I'm saying about Pulisic, you can add in Weya. Weya has served as the uh, vertical threat for the U.S. throughout World Cup qualifying um, and, and has just been probably our most effective ta attacker of the front three uh, throughout World Cup qualifying. And without him on the field, you see what that lack of um, what that lack of of wide play and what that lack of a, a threat in behind and like a real speed threat. I thought that first half, we looked so slow, especially in the front three. Uh, so the, I, the combination of no Pulisic, no Wea, no Musa, you get a lot of guys on the field that haven't had a lot of time together. And, and, and you, you put them in front of a crowd that only has a few thousand in there yeah. in, the, in this weird setup uh, over in Germany. And man, we, we just got a dismal, dismal performance. Let's move on to my third, uh, question coming into this game, which was incorporating Gio Reyna. Uh, Gio Reyna has been the player that we've missed so much throughout World Cup qualifying. We know what he can do uh, at the top end of his performance. And it's it, it just felt like this U.S. attack has just not had creativity, not had somebody who can uh, pick that that pass in the final third and not have that somebody with that willingness to hold that ball and, and look for uh, the creative option. So it seemed like Gio Reyna returning to this team was exactly what the doctor ordered. I don't know if we saw that in this game. I don't know if we did, and I don't know if that's entirely on Gio. Um, I think he wasn't really getting the ball in, in positions that where he was comfortable and where he can do his do his thing, really work his magic. And I think one of the reasons uh, with that would be the pitch. The pitch was torn up i mean geo's a guy who likes to play with the ball at his feet and and that was uh an issue for everybody today and um him only getting 45 minutes i wonder if that was uh a request from dortmund um and just out of precaution um because you don't want him re-aggravating that injury and um i don't know i i i, I don't think i saw enough and i don't think um we were all really given the opportunity to see enough from Gio to make any any judgments on 
uh, his performance today going forward. I, I think one of the things that made me think is, thank God there's still two months to yeah. go. Yeah, I think you, you hit it on the head there. I mean, putting him in an ineffective system is going to make for um, an, an ineffective geo. Um, and I think without having the players making the runs in behind or just being dynamic on the ball at all or, or just having the confidence to get forward uh, really took away a lot of what you're going to get from Gio Reyna. Uh, on a regular basis. Uh, he did have one moment where he kind of streaked up the left flank. He combined with McKinney uh, mm-hmm. and just kind of held on to the ball for a while. And, and it felt like he was going to pull the trigger and have like some really nice pass in behind, but it yeah. never really materialized. Um, so it, that was kind of his lone bright moment for me. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I don't think that it's as much on him as it is on uh, just the, the, ineffectiveness of the midfield um and just the the kind of poor tactics that the u.s had in the, in the first half do you do you i think having him and brendan aronson out there at the same time is is i don't think it's the best uh way to go i think they're both two phenomenal players i think they're and this goes back to way being injured um i think they're better centrally and they bring that energy and that creativity and having them out there at the same time, it's kind of like, I know they were both playing as wingers today, but it, they both have that creativity through the midfield um, that I think when you have both of them out there at the same time, it, it kind of takes away from each other. Yeah, it's, it's, it goes back to that front three and, and them kind of all occupying a really narrow space and, and nobody being that wide threat. So uh, I, I don't think that playing Geo and, um, and Brennan as, as the wingers is, was really plan A for Greg coming into this no, camp. But whenever so you lose Wea and you lose Pulisic and you lose yeah. Musa, um, you, you, your hands kind of get tied. Uh, because I, I think that there is – an enormous step down for this national team from like the first 15 or so guys to that next tier. Uh, and and um, whenever you start having to slot in guys who are just not up to the, to the level, it, it, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot away, but at the same time you end up having to do things like playing two guys who, who are going to be very narrow and, and just not conducive to the flowing attacking soccer that we're, we're used to seeing. So um, I, I think that was disappointing. I, I put up Dakota Young's comment. Uh, he says, What's your take on Sargent? He was quiet, but seemed to stretch the field early on in the game, almost opened up the middle. So Sargent came in in the uh, second half. And, and that kind of brings me to my fourth question mark for this game, which was, uh, can Jesus Ferreira solidify the forward position? Um, and, and I think the answer for that was, was no. I, I think it's very much still up in the air. Uh, of course, the big moment for Jesus Ferreira was going to be the chance that uh, that Serginho Des created where he, he plays that really nice ball in and uh, looks like Jesus kind of mistimed the jump or wasn't, a- wasn't able to get on top of it. He got under it and he put it over the bar. Uh, I think it was the best chance for the U.S. in this game. And, and you got to wonder what would have happened had he put that away. Probably would have changed things entirely for the U.S. Uh, but certainly not the game for Jesus Ferreira. Uh, as the U.S. couldn't keep the ball and maintain it, so playing to his feet and have him operate as that uh, as that playmaker in in the in the nine position uh, just did not come off. Uh, so before we get into Josh Sargent, what were your thoughts on Ferreira in the first half? He is the XG god. I mean, <laughs> the guy is in the right spot in the right time, but the <laughs> XGs don't show up on the scoreboard. 
I mean, we've seen this before in qualifying. He has had chance after chance that just haven't found the back of the net. And it's really disheartening because you love to see a guy get in that great position, but doesn't matter if you don't score. And he's been doing it for his club in spades um, at FC Dallas. But when it comes to the national team, I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know if it's whatever the heck it is. But the ball's not fine in the back of the net. Um, And Greg loves him. And I see why Greg loves him. And um, one of Greg's former uh, coaches works with uh, Jesus at FC Dallas. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. And you see why he loves him. Because he's in those positions. But it doesn't count if it's not in the back of the net. And I think we need to start looking at other options. I mean, the time for looking at other options is uh, that window's quickly closing. But um, XG doesn't count. I think that's my main point. Yeah, to be fair to Jesus Ferreira, the U.S. had to create more opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Um, Striker's not going to score every every opportunity that they get. You, you've got to create multiple. I think we saw that from Japan today. I mean, the amount of opportunities they had uh, and to only produce two goals. I mean, part of that goes down to uh, to Matt Turner making some good saves, but also they had some poor finishes as well. Uh, but that kind of brings you to Josh Sargent, who he came on. Um, he came on in a second half that, had a lot of tactical changes. Maybe now's the time to get into that. The U.S. bring on um, Reggie Cannon in the second half, and, and that um, we see the the three man back line shape that we saw, I believe, against Morocco, uh, where Reggie Cannon in, in possession drops in as that third center back, and then Sam Vines pushes higher up the field. We also saw Luca Della Torre come in uh, to the midfield in line with Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams was playing as a lone midfielder as a six in the first half. In the second half, we get the two men uh, back line. So we get that double pivot. Immediately, the U.S. is able to retain possession better. Immediately, the U.S. is able to build up better. Uh, it, but it did not really produce many chances. And there were some, some negatives as well that we'll get into later. Uh, mm-hmm. But as far as Josh Sargent, uh, what did you see from Josh Sargent in the second half? Do you think that, that it, did, did he gain ground over Jesus Ferreira in this game? I don't know if he gained ground. I think he warrants uh, another. I think he warrants a start in the next game. Uh, one of the things uh, Greg said during the week was he looks different. Yeah. And that's one of the things I, I saw today. I mean, we've all seen the clips from Norwich where he's been playing very well. But to look at him, he looks stronger. And uh, he's playing better with his back to goal to kind of try and link up that midfield to the attack. Um, but I I think he does. I mean, you see Ferrer miss that chance. I think you look at what you saw from Sargent today and you go, all right, you get the start against Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think Ferreira had the opportunity to um, to be the guy multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I know that... Um, Strikers miss chances. I know that the, the XG wins overall in the long run. Uh, however, if you got a guy that's just constantly missing chances and it's just not working, um, and, and you got another striker who's scoring a lot of goals and, and playing in a similar play style uh, like mm-hmm. Josh Sargent, I mean, you got to give him the opportunity. So I, I do expect him to get the nod against Saudi Arabia. And I do think uh, a good performance from Sargent could go a long way for him to be the starting striker for the U.S. in the World Cup. Uh, that being said, I, I, w- I didn't think that he, I wasn't blown away by his performance or anything. I, I don't think that it was like 
a night and day difference. Um, and outside of uh, some runs into the channel um, and some okay hold up play here and there, um, yeah. I, I didn't. I wasn't completely blown away by Josh Sargent. No, I I, I wasn't blown away, but I uh, I think my interest is more peaked um, because yeah. because he looks and cough cough peak. Pfock, yep. I think. Yeah, that's that's sort of one of my uh, one of my questions, kind of hanging over this entire thing. The biggest storyline for this entire camp was was leaving off uh, Jordan Pfock, and and the 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 critics have been saying, you know, what if we're not able to play into Ferreira's feet? You know, what if the 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 system is is not working, and you need somebody to change it up, and you need somebody that you can throw the ball up top to who can hold it up? We know that Jordan Pfock can do that job. And I think we saw a lot of those fears realized in this game where the U.S. was just ineffective in the buildup in the first half. Um, and and uh, the only thing that we seemingly were able to do was to get it to maybe Dest on the wing to put in a cross. And I think Sam Vines played Sam some Vines nice crosses little, in the second half. A little bit in the uh, second half when he wasn't playing right next to Aaron Long. Um, yeah, so, the I mean, the 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 Jordan Pfock questions. I mean, wh- where are you at in the, the Jordan Pfock saga, saga right now for the U.S. Men's National Team? All right. Here's a take. I think he already has a seat on the plane. I think Greg knows. I think Greg has in the back of his mind the semifinal from the Nations League where he came in second half, got his head on the ball, sent us through to the final. You're going to need that. And you look at our opponents, especially Ren, they're going to be in a low block. And you're going to need to play aerial balls. And you're going to need someone who is really good in the air and really good with his head. And that's Jordan Peefock. And I think Greg um, is, has basically thrown down the gauntlet to Sergeant Ferreira and Pepe and said, all right, go earn the starting job because I know who's coming off the bench first. If I need a goal in the 70th minute, I think I, I know that's a, maybe a hot take, but I think he's already on the plane and I don't know. I, I want to believe that. I really want to believe that. I don't. I I don't. I think Greg's. I think Greg's willing to go down with the ship. I think he's being very stubborn in this situation. I want to believe that that's true because even during this game, whenever things aren't going well, you just you think like you know you can bring on big Jordan Peefock and have him in the middle and throw some bombs up to him and like you know yeah. that that changes things. The, the guy is so effective in the air. Um, that he can even in a game where where you're getting outpossessed and you're getting outplayed, um, he can change that on on a dime. And, and to not have him in like the last 25, 15 minutes of the game, whenever he can provide that, I, I, I'm I'm really concerned about that at this point from what I've seen. Yeah, I, I think it would be a big miss to leave him off the plane, and I think today you saw why because if you know if it's not working, if you're not playing pretty ball. I mean, yeah. in, in the pretty, in the pretty, pretty style of play that you want to play, that we all want to see the U.S. play. If it's not working, sometimes it's just not your day. You need to throw throw up a hail mary, and and you need a guy down there who's going to get his head on the ball or his foot on the ball, and and you know put it on target. I mean, I I really think he's already on the plane. Um, Boy, I hope you're right. I, I really hope I'm right too, because yeah. I can just imagine it. It's Nil nil against Iran. We need a we need a we need three points to go through. 
Put him yeah. Llama YouTube says PFOC doesn't fit in with the other guys. That's why he isn't on the team. I mean, I, I don't care if he doesn't fit in with the other guys yeah. at this point. I mean, after that half that we just saw, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think, um, you know, one of the silver linings in all of this is you get smashed right before the World Cup mm-hmm. and it really changes your mindset as you're heading into November. You know, really? you can't come into November cocky after Japan just kind of wiped the floor with you. Uh, so whether that it be for the players or the coaching staff, I think a lot of illusions were shattered in this game, uh, which is good timing because this yeah. is the time where you want illusions to be shattered. Somebody sent me a tweet uh, at the end of the game that said something like, uh, you know, in, in the last World Cup cycle, France lost to this crappy team right before the World Cup and they went on to win the thing. Uh, yeah. Talking about the 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 USA versus France friendly right before the World Cup, so um, it, it's not it's not as if uh, teams haven't performed poorly in friendlies prior to the World Cup and going on to have a good World Cup. It's definitely possible, but I, I think this was a good wake up call. Um, and, and I I think PFOC not fitting in with the other guys. I mean, vibes only get you so far, man. Yeah. I mean, if if I don't care if he if he's putting the ball in the back of the net, he, you got to have him, and I. Uh, I mean, vibes will only get you so far. I hope there's some screaming and yelling in the locker room right now going, hey, guys, get it together. This yeah. is, we're 60 days away, man. Yeah, we're not looking for Jordan Peefock to play pretty soccer, you know, yeah. and we're not looking for him to, to go to the water park with the guys on the weekends. We're looking for him, you know, at the end of the game, can you just put one in the box yeah. to the big man yeah. and he can head it down? Like, there doesn't have to be a lot of cohesion there. Let's move on to one of my uh, one of my other topics. Number five uh, of the question marks heading into this game. Uh, can we find a backup left back? And, and we got an audition from Sam Vines today. Uh, he got 90 minutes. I, I thought it was really a tale of two halves for Sam Vines. In the mm-hmm. first half, he stayed in pretty deep um, and, and played some, some really questionable passes uh, along with everybody else in, in yeah. defense, to be fair. Uh, didn't get to see a lot from him and his ability, inability to get forward really questioned, uh, really caused a lot of issues with width for the U.S. men's national team early in the first half. In the second half, we switched to that back three look. Sam Vines gets forward a lot more um, and, and really creates some of the better chances for the U.S. in the second half uh, with some really nice crosses into the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let me get your take on Sam Vines in this game and then I'll give you mine. So I think, I mean, the dude's been balling out for his club and i think uh once we switch from the back four to the back three they played more as a winger than uh as a as a left back but the first half i mean taylor twelman said it on the broadcast japan basically just shut down the left side of the field because they didn't have to worry about anything yeah. there was no there was no fluid play there was nothing no, the only chances were coming from the right side so that was a bit alarming. I think that um, brings into question the Aaron Long of it all as well, because that connection, he was playing so close to Aaron Long that there was, I mean, there was no cohesion. There was no going forward. That was Aaron Long is topic number six. We will spend some time on get, Aaron we, Long. We will get there. But I think that that partnership between the center back and the, and the, uh, and the left back was part of the issue. And then when you put him up, uh, moved him up forward and we switched to the back three. Um, I thought there was some good work between him and Mark McKenzie, which I was pleasantly surprised by. And, and there were some nice moments uh, there. I don't, I don't think you're like 
book him a seat on the plane just yet, but I think you're you're keeping an eye on that. Um, I think Jedi Robinson is in London watching this going, okay, my spot's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we knew that coming in. I, I don't think anybody oh, yeah. was questioning uh, whether Jedi Robinson was was in, in danger of not making this team or not being the starter. Uh, the question was, are we going to have a second left-footed player that's going to be left back, or are we going to uh, take our chances with like a right back playing left back or something like that? I thought Sam Vines had a decent game. I, 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 he wasn't one of the players that I thought was just absolutely dismal in the first half. I think a lot of his shakiness, uh, kind of as you alluded to, uh, came down to the players around him just not being very good. I mean, if in a soccer game, if your midfield is ineffective and, and your uh, front line can't hold the ball, that means that the defense is going to be under a lot of pressure. So they're going to be making mistakes. So uh, I think a lot of the issues that he had in the first half came down to that. And in the second half, I think we saw a lot of uh, what makes him a great player and his, his ability to play a really nice ball into the box uh, and, and to get wide. I, I don't think that he's like pushing Jedi Robinson for a starting position anytime soon. Uh, but in the question heading into this 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 window of uh, is it Sam Vines or Joe Scally going to get an opportunity at that left back spot? Uh, I think Vines acquitted for himself really well and, and is kind of laid down the gauntlet for Scally. Um, if anybody's going to take that position from him, it's going to be difficult. Do you th- do you think he gets a start in the next game against Saudi Arabia? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, the um, the way that I, I think a lot of fans are looking at this camp is a um, is a tryout for a lot of positions, but I don't think that that's why Greg's looking at it at all. I think he's looking at it as a tune-up, uh, as an opportunity to see the top guys on the field together, uh, which is kind of scary considering today's performance and today's result. Uh, so if you go by the tune-up theory, then you're going to get another uh, big dose of uh, Sam Vines. Um, mm-hmm. if, if it's the um, tryout theory, then pot- potentially we see um, we see Joe Scally. But I, I don't know. I think after that performance with Sam Vines, I think Berhalter's going to look to get more minutes for, uh, for, for that pairing. And uh, as we move forward down the list and, and, and kind of finally get to Aaron Long, who's been sort of the lightning rod for the U.S. men's national team uh, discourse for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Long, uh, one of the many players that, not, that did not have a, a very good game, one of the many players that did not uh, that, that had some really bad turnovers in the first half in possession, not very brave on the ball, uh, but he does get substituted at half. Mark McKenzie comes in. Uh, so what did you think about Aaron Long's performance versus kind of uh, Mark McKenzie's performance? Well, he was responsible for my first heart palpitations of the day. Oh, yeah. um, what was it? 50 seconds in, there was a just bad turnover. I think I just, I don't know if, you, if you're going to try to play out of the back, he, he's not your guy. I mean, there were, it, 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 you, you saw what Japan was doing. They gave Walker Zimmerman and Aaron Long plenty of space to try and break the, they didn't respect him at all. Yeah. Um, I think once we switch to the back three, I think it's it's really interesting to see when Reggie Cannon came in as well, um, because he's playing in that system for uh, at his club uh, in a back three. It, it it just it opened everything up a lot more. Um, I think he was shaky on the ball, but he's Greg's guy. I think, and um, at the end of the day, I think Greg's gonna at least have him on the on the plane, if not starting, um, but. I was, I mean, you never root for a guy to fail, but I was, I was 
relieved when he was subbed off at halftime. Yeah, the the thing for Aaron Long, though, in the center back pool is just the amount of injuries. And he keeps getting these opportunities because we keep seeing the guys in front of him go down. Uh, would have been wonderful to see uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers kind of step up and have a have a great performance in this window um, and potentially jump ahead of Aaron Long and potentially vie for a starting opportunity. Would have been wonderful to see Chris Richards um, start and, and get minutes with uh, with Zimmerman and see what that pairing looks like heading in. Uh, mm-hmm. But those guys go down, so we do get Aaron Long. He doesn't look that great. Uh, Mark McKenzie comes in in the second half. Mark McKenzie's a dude that I love personally. I, I always root for the guy. I think he's great. Uh, but throughout his career, he's had he's had like a bonehead play in him in just about every game that I've seen him play, especially for the national team. And yeah. I think in this one, he had one as well. I don't remember if um, his it, turnover directly led to the second goal or if it was just led to no, a really good was, chance. It was a, it was a chance around yeah, like the really sixth, fifth minute where he should have played it back earlier tried to play on the ball and it wound up getting dispossessed. And that's one of those things that we've seen, like you alluded to with Mark McKenzie. On brand. What'd you say? It's it's on brand for Mark McKenzie, man. And I I thought he was, he was better than Aaron long, I think for like 90%, but then you get that 10% where he just, he gives away a a terrible opportunity on goal. And that's been consistent with Mark McKenzie every time we've seen him play with the national team. And you just can't have that. And it it cost us in the nation's league. It Uh, did. Yeah. And with uh, Tecatito scoring against Mexico early on. I mean, we were digging, uh, we were digging our own grave in that game after giving up that early goal. And, and it wasn't the first time we've seen that from Mark McKenzie. And then, and then here again, we just see him make a, a a terrible decision on the back line. And it, it didn't cost us in that, potential that 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 time but uh it's consistent with what we've seen from him uh whereas Aaron Long I, I don't know that we see like I, I don't know that we see like the absolutely horrible I can't believe you did that giveaway from Aaron Long so much as just like not so great performance yeah, consistently throughout the game yeah. which is kind of a trade-off you know yeah it's death by a thousand cuts with him it's just little it's I mean it's thing after thing, but with Mark McKenzie, you're going to get great 90% of the time. But then that one time, it's like, oh, God, and we need Matt Turner to turn into Tim Howard against Belgium to bail us yeah. out of it. Yeah, I, I want to bring up Reggie Cannon here. I see Nick Simpson says Reggie Cannon played about as well as the rest of the squad. I want to push back on that. Uh, Reggie Cannon came on, and he allowed us to change to that three-man backline formation, which absolutely changed everything for the U.S., Reggie Cannon in possession did. I think he he was a little bit braver than some of the uh, center back play in the first half uh, about finding penetrating passes, and it really changed everything. However, my issue with Reggie Cannon is whenever he does get matched up one on one in the box, and it happens several times in this game, and it's happened several times in the past, he gets absolutely cooked one on one. I'm not sure that I've ever seen him not give up a a, a, a scoring opportunity whenever someone is one-on-one with him in the box. And I'm going all the way back to, uh, I think, the game against Switzerland like two summers ago. Um, where, yeah, where the U.S. gave up. They, they had a ball in transition, and, and Reggie Cannon was matched up one-on-one. And mm-hmm. uh, we give up that scoring opportunity. And it's just been carbon copies of that yeah. every time we've seen him in that position. And uh, it, it leads I, – I, I think it led to the second goal uh, where Reggie Cannon was on a guy. and he, get, he or That was Walker Zimmerman, right? Yeah, well, Reggie Cannon gets beat further up the field 
um, Walker Zimmerman. I, I'm, I don't have my notes in front of me, so I'm getting confused. But uh, it's I, I like the formation with Reggie Cannon in there. I think the U.S. looks way better in possession. However, I mean, he gets absolutely yeah. cooked in the box. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think the question then becomes, what do you choose to live with? Yeah. Um, with that, I mean, I mean, hopes and prayers. Chris Richards is healthy, and I, I think uh, we'd be foolish not to start him in Zimmerman. But if if not, I mean, what do you choose to live with? Do you choose to live with death by a thousand cuts with uh, Aaron Long or the yeah. big bowhead play from Mark McKenzie, or do you run the risk of Reggie Cannon getting toasted on the on the wing? Um, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, and that's sort of the thing that I always question because I, I know a lot of people are, are uh, crushing Aaron Long kind of on a daily basis in the discourse, and I know it's an issue, and I'm not saying that he's looked good, uh, but I just haven't seen really any answers from anybody else, man. Um, and, and I don't know what the answer is at this point. I mean, the answer is Miles Robinson, but he hasn't it been does. around for a long time. Uh, you know, John Brooks is floating out there for a lot of people. I think that that ship has sailed. Uh, do we see EPB? I mean, we saw him in the summer and he didn't look particularly impressive. So do we have a center back that's going to step up for this national team? That's not going to cause us anxiety or is just anxiety going to be part of the game for us moving forward? I think you just got to (laughs) accept anxiety as part of your, part of your daily life. But, um, I think, uh, I think the answer is Chris Richards. I think he is our most uh, complete, even though he's young and sometimes will make some of those mistakes. I think he is our most athletic um, center back as, as well. And I think you just pray for him to get healthy. I think what's being said is it's, it's a minor thing and he won't be out that long. So hopefully he's still our guy come, come November. Um, But I don't know. I think we're definitely going to be holding our breath every single time, you know, Phil Foden. Yeah. Chris Richards coming in is not going to solve the problems. It's not like he's Virgil Van Dyke or anything, you know, and and Walker Zimmerman for as good and solid as he's been for the U S over the course of world cup qualifying and beyond, he ain't a a top of the line center back either. I mean, we're going to struggle at the center back position, no matter who we got back there. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to step up and and be just be better. Like show that they're a class above and they deserve to be the number one. It just hasn't happened yet. Keyshawn weighs in and says we need a good midfield and attack. I agree. I agree. I think that that would be good if we had that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carl Tanner says Reem over Long. We aren't pressing high anyway. Which is, I mean, it's 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 a fair question at this point. Um, yeah. I, I, I think uh, you look at Sam Vines and Aaron Long with what we had in the first half and you go, you know, who else plays those exact two yeah. positions week in, week out together at Fulham is Tim Ream and uh, Jedi Robinson. Uh, yeah. And another thing about Ream is he's known as, as a, a leader. He's a captain for his club at Fulham. And you think about the U S in this first half where, you know, things started to go bad a little bit. They started to slip and they just got progressively worse and worse and worse to the point where it looked like, I mean, Weston McKinney couldn't hold when, a ball. I mean, yeah. Luca De La Torre was just giving it up all over the place. It was so sloppy. Would having someone like Tim Marine back there on the back line, to like grab someone by the ears yeah. and say, calm down, it's going to be okay. W- would that change things for the U.S.? Yeah, the, the body language from 
Luca Della Torre and Weston McKennie when they were subbed off was not good. No, that was that was the last thing I wanted to see. Um, and yes, I do think you need an old head in the locker room. And I think DeAndre Yedlin's one of those guys that is kind of like one of those locker room guys. But I think you need someone out there on the pitch who's gonna bark a bit and yeah. get you know um, say hey. It's Will Ferrell from uh, in, in that lock. Everybody calm down. We've come too far. Um, and I think Tim Ream could be that guy. I mean, he's he's definitely the one of the older guys in our player pool. And he's a guy who has been there before without being there before. I mean, he wasn't in the World Cup um, in, back in 2014. But the dude's been doing it for Fulham, which has yeah. their share of adversity. I mean, they've been playing jump rope with relegation for the past however many years, pretty much since he's been there. But now they're really their project has really come to fruition there at Fulham, and he has been the one consistent throughout. I mean, he's been their captain, and, and now it's showing that he can do it. I mean, he has shown he can do it on the club le- level in the biggest league in the world. But... I don't know if he's not one of Greg's guys, then what are we going to, what are you going to do? I mean, but I, I think they're such a young team and they need somebody back there to, I mean, bark at them. Yeah. I think we saw it today. I think we yeah. saw it in that first half where they just, they just fell apart emotionally and just like mm-hmm. that nobody could play soccer for like 15, 20 minutes of that game. Uh, and the lack of, the lack of experience, I think, really showed. Uh, and, and I do wonder about that, especially whenever you consider how far down we are in the center back depth chart at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, Mark McKenzie versus Tim Ream. I mean, what are the trade offs there? You know, yeah. um, I, I think I'm kind of I'm getting to the end of kind of the questions I had coming into this game and sort of the thoughts that I had. Uh, was there anything that, that you felt was important uh, to discuss? Or you think we kind of covered it? I think I think we've covered it. I think. Uh, the two, um, I mean, the things we had questions about coming in are still questions going into the next game as well. We had questions about the center backs, which we just talked about ad nauseum, and we had questions about the nine, which we just, which we covered as well. And I think uh, the glaring hole was Yunus Musa as well. I think he he covers up. Uh, he he's a really good makeup foundation. He is. Yeah. He covers up a lot of scars uh, and a lot of a lot of blemishes, um, and that's something that we really missed. I think we 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 did cover that, but it was thoughts we all had coming in as well. Yeah, the 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 big some of the big weaknesses of this team. There's many of them, but I think some of the big ones are uh, just experience and lack of playing time together, and and then really lack of true depth. Like we have a lot of pretend depth. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think that we really have true depth. Like, I think, I mean, we were kind of fooling ourselves to an extent, thinking that, like, Luca Delatore was truly depth for Eunice Musa and, and Weston McKinney. I think we kind of saw that that might not be the case. And, and then whenever you lose uh, Tim Weah, you lose Weston McKinney, I'm not, you lose uh, Eunice Musa, you mm-hmm. lose Christian Pulisic, um, and then having to replace this center back, you lose Jedi Robinson. And all of a sudden, there's, like, four or five guys on the field uh, that aren't really locking step with the rest of the guys, and and you get this terrible performance from the U.S. I mean, definitely good that it happened now. Hopefully, we see a much better U.S. side whenever we face Saudi Arabia in a few days. Um, just not what we were looking for at all. 
really rough day. Uh, yes. Just not a lot of good things you can say at all. Maybe there were some good things in the second half, and in the first half, certainly it was absolutely terrible. Uh, but I think that that's where we're going to wrap it up today. Guys, the uh, the Since 76 store is still open for a few more days. So if you want to get this uh, Yanks are coming tea, uh, make sure you head over there and, and check out the store. You can find the link in the description. Uh, guys, we're going to be moving forward with this live stream thing. I'm trying to put together a live stream show once a week. Uh, and get it really interactive for you guys. And Brad's going to be a big part of that moving forward. Uh, we, we're kind of working out the tech side of it right now. Uh, so, Brad, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, excited to move forward with you. Uh, it, it, is there anything else that you want to get in before we, uh, before we close off? Let's not all go collectively crying into our morning cocktails. Uh, I think we're going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. We have some time to get things together um let's not lose hope just yet it was one game that was my final thought i mean we're not unqualified right we're exactly. still qualified. we're gonna exactly. play we're still we're gonna, gonna be we are guaranteed three games in qatar if we play like that it will only be three games but we don't don't go crying just yet we're gonna be okay yeah yeah matchups is a big thing and i think the u.s played a team that just matched up with them really well specifically for this this group of I, players I, I, I think scheduling a team like this to shine a glaring spotlight on your problems is a very good thing, especially when it's this far out. Yeah, because this team plays out. a lot, very similar to how Iran is supposed to play us, you know, so this, this, this was a good test, and, and we absolutely failed, but uh, yeah, good for us. So it's, Matthew Hanna weighs in, that's nice discussion. Shout out to Matthew Hanna and all the... Uh, the the tier two members out there so thank you to you guys uh guys for brad i, I think i'm gonna wrap it up uh thank you so much for hanging out wish it was under be better circumstances hopefully it'll be under better circumstances in, in the next few days whenever the u.s plays saudi arabia uh for brad my name is sam and this is the yank report brought to you by bet online thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.